everyone. Welcome to the Made It in Music podcast. I'm Riley Taylor, our community manager here at Full Circle Music, and I'm so excited for you to hear this upcoming episode because today I sat down with Seth Mosley, Sam Tenez, and Paul Duncan to discuss what they don't tell you about the music industry. Sam is a gold-selling artist with hundreds of millions of streams on Spotify and multiple film and TV placements. Paul is a songwriter, worship leader, and frequent collaborator with many of Christian music's top artists. This was recorded along with our live online audience from our Song Chasers community. You can learn more about Song Chasers at joinsongchasers.com. For now, let's dive into the episode. The idea is not to make everybody stop and think. Um, and and I've, yeah, I have to learn and embrace that as a writer, that the things that tickle me as a writer don't always tickle the listener. And so, um, again, that... That's some of that understanding how to lean on other people. And A&R often has, they have a different approach to what's going to make a song great. And, and I learned to listen to that and have to go, I have to go back and carve away at songs a lot. There are a lot of songs that I've written that have taken three or four rewrites before they get to the point where everyone's going to agree on moving it forward. Um, and I have to make my peace with that. There are things that I loved about the song that end up on the cutting room floor. So good. I do want to highlight, uh, Carolyn said a pretty awesome thing earlier. She, she, what doing your off of your pink Travis thing. She said, I have become comfortably numb forever and ever. Amen. There you go. Okay. So this will end the main section for those of you guys who are listening to our podcast, but, um, we are going to open it up here now for some audience Q and a. So, Go ahead and start typing away. You've got, this is your rare time. You have access to ask Sam Tanez questions, ask Paul Duncan oh. questions, ask Riley questions. Um, Harry says, uh, I don't know if Paul is looking at this chat, but I'm curious whether that is a Stella guitar on the wall behind him. <laughs> you, my friend, know what you're talking about. Oh, wow. good eye. Nice. Yeah, I wrote, I've got a song called My First Guitar about my Stella guitar. So <laughs> I saw the, I saw the, I saw the, the just the, the way the, uh, the uh, strings go into that thing at the bottom. I, yes. I could, yeah. The tail piece. Yeah, that, that's what I saw. <laughs> All right. Random question. Sorry. That's a great question. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we got Dave Langdon. What's what's up, my friend? Maybe unmute yourself. Sorry, I was just trying to type. I'm on my phone, so. Oh, no <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, what uh, is? Are there any unwritten rules that you would um, suggest for us songwriters who are just trying to build relationships with um, artists who are you know, they have publishing deals and, um, but, you know, like I've had the chance to meet some of them while I was in Nashville and here and there, as I'm meeting more of them, I'm every opportunity I get, I try to meet them at shows. And, uh, you know, usually it's, you get, you know, you don't have a relationship with them. So you're trying to balance between, you know, getting to know them a little bit, but still, just kind of feeling out to see if they would even be open to a co-write. Um, so is there even uh, some rules, people who have publishing deals, are they not um, allowed to write with writers who aren't in their kind of network or whatever? Or I kind of get the feel from some of them that, you know, they just kind of 
go wherever they're told to go um, in the rooms that they're told to go and they kind of just stick with that. Um, can you speak to that a little bit or are there things that we shouldn't be doing early on to try to kind of build relationships with artists and people to write, co-write with? Uh, are there any boundaries that you would recommend? I mean, I, I would think that that environment is everything in terms of, you know, the moment when you, when you do meet someone, you know, and, you know, sometimes after a show can be difficult because they're trying to manage all the people they've got at the show or, you know, at a restaurant, you know, they're trying to eat or whatever, but it there, but there are times when people have reached out to me and I'm, I'm not anybody special, but if I get something through social media, or through my Instagram account, I'm, I'm often able to kind of stop for a minute and actually pay attention and take a look and maybe see that person's profile and if there's some music that they've got posted there. So I would say if you meet someone to, to then follow up, if you have like a way to reach through social media or something like that, because that initial meeting is a little bit tough. You know, there's a lot of things they're probably trying to like suss out about their environment and you and not knowing exactly who you are. But if you can say, hey, I met you yesterday at the Bluebird and um, I'm a songwriter and here's a link to my stuff. And that's maybe a little bit more of a controlled environment where they can take a moment, take a breath and actually see who, you know, what you, what you do and what you have to offer. I think sometimes too, when you meet somebody for the first time and, you know, you, you get into like talking to them about co-writing, it's almost like asking someone to dance before you ever even get to know them. It's if I just walk up to somebody and say, Hey, let's dance. They're like, you're weird like you you almost have to kind of like let allow them to warm up to you and to know who you are what you're about what skills maybe that you have and then maybe later on i like the idea like honestly for me i respond way more on socials than i do in real life because in real life it's like i don't like lying so when someone's like hey we should write I'm like oh man i and that sounds awesome. I just, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, like send me something online, you know, let me hear it. And, um, you know, and, and the other side of it is just like, uh, you know, knowing that like what Paul does and, you know, as a writer and, a you know, producer and podcast and all he's and a family man, like he's got a lot going on. And, and then you take, and then you take, you know, someone who writer at the artist piece and the family piece and it's like they have a ton going on if it includes touring. And it's like, I think, you know, there's just it's not that someone doesn't like you. It's just that they're people are really busy when they get to that point. And it's like, I think reaching out to like, um, I don't know, like reach, reaching out to someone who may not be as known that you respect what they do. You might get more feedback. You might be able to get more interaction with them than reaching out to like a Toby Mac or like, uh, you know, whoever, you know, right. I mean, it's just, I, I think people want to be nice and be kind, but I also have learned to be like, to know that like, I'm not a liar. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I, you know, I only have so much time in a day and you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to respond to everything. Yeah. And the thing that I would add to that is, <laughs> I, it's my impression that most people probably err too much on the side, or at least this is how I am, err too much on the side of not wanting to ruffle anybody's feathers or not mm. wanting to bother anybody or inconvenience anybody. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So, so most of the time, like, I just don't ask. Like, I don't ask. Mm. I'd rather you ask, like, whether it's in person, whether it's online, the worst thing you can get is a no. Yeah. Right? Yep. And... 
the worst thing that would happen is, you know, definitely nothing's going to happen if you don't ask. Yeah. And so that's something I've sort of had to get over even with myself. Like um, several years back, I was doing a podcast uh, or we were doing podcasts backstage at an award show and uh, Mark Hall was there. He has this band called Casting Crowns, which is just, you know, one of the biggest Christian bands of all time. And I just asked him at the end, man, I was like, hey, I would love to write with you. Um, he's like, sure, here's my number. <laughs> like, I was like, that was the easiest connect I've ever had. And he didn't really know me. Uh, I mean, he might have known some of the stuff I've worked on. I don't know. But um, I would not have had all these songs with him all these years later had I not just got the courage to just say that. Like, and you, you don't have to be weird about it. Yeah. But um, that's my encouragement to those of you all who I know there's a lot of people in the group who are probably are like me where like I don't want to offend anybody I don't want to but just just ask like just just ask and don't be weird about it <laughs> um Chris Hall's got some great questions says co-writing questions number one uh when you're in that first hour getting to know someone what have been the most fruitful questions to ask in a new co-write and then number two when a new co-writer is asking you about what's been going on do you find yourself sharing more events, emotions, conversations, or something else that sparks the strongest song idea? I'll let either of you all take that one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love to ask, first of all, I like to take a view that, I mean, I, I have kind of a, a divinely centered view of, of all of what I do. And, and there are times when I, when I feel like maybe I'm just here to meet this person. And that sounds crazy. Um, because we are there to write a song and that's that's what we're here to talk about but I try to I, I really want to have real conversation and because sometimes I think it can be a little bit transparent when I'm trying to mine somebody's experience to get to a song I'm like so what's going on anybody break up with you lately or you, you know, <laughs> what's terrible in your life that we could write about um <laughs> And I, I don't, I, I don't want to, to get there, but you're right to ask this question because a lot of that, a lot of that stuff does come from personal experience, what's going on in the artist's life or, or your life or a shared experience that you have. Um, but I, I sometimes find that, that the things that drive us in the song surprise me a little bit. They'll come out of a part of the conversation that I didn't expect. And the more that I can just get into real in, interaction, then and just again, keep those antenna up. Um, and it might not be, it might not be the question that I think is going to lead to the song that leads to the song. It could be something they say about something else that goes, oh, that sounds like a title or that sounds like an idea. So, you know, it's, it, I hope this doesn't sound like a cop out, but my answer to that question would be just try to enter into like as much of a natural dialogue between two souls as you possibly can. Um, Cause I think that's going to lead you to the most fruitful song. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm often on the side of someone trying to mine, th mine things out of me. And I'm like, stop it. I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you anything. They're like, how's your day? Good. Because <laughs> I know they're trying to get me to say something to get a title out of me. But, you know, <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, I think just like, just, you know, what? I, I always I like the thing about like, you know, when people are like, no one's going to remember your accomplishments or like, you know, how much money you have or whatever they're going to remember how how you made them feel and i think at the end of the day like you want 
you want to write a great song, but if you don't end up writing a great song, but they walk away going, I really like that guy. I, I really, or a girl. And I really like what they have to offer. And yeah, we didn't write the, the great song this time, but next time we're going to write it. I think that's what you want to leave them with a good impression of you and who you are. And, you know, so that doesn't come from kind of bullying people and pulling songs out of them. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a great, great question though, Chris. Um, we'll get a couple more, uh, a couple more questions here and then we will, sign off for today. Harry Weiss or Wise asks, following up on Dave's question, there are a lot of artists who uh, don't want to cut music that's already been released. If I release it as a small time indie artist on Spotify, does that disqualify those songs for those artists, for other artists that would want to potentially cut something? Um, in my experience, if it's if it's a small enough thing where it hasn't already made some massive splash or there's been a massive like radio push behind it, it doesn't really matter. Like, I guess the best, the best way I can equate it is like in the Christian world, eight people may cut the same song. Like they may yeah. cut their own version of the same song, but until it's been like actually taken to radio and really promoted and see, Hey, is this actually a hit or not? Nobody really knows. So yeah. I, I think, the art, especially if you're you're just starting out, it's I'd, I'd rather you just get the songs out there, yeah, because you never know where somebody's gonna hear it. Yeah, you should just get the music out. I mean, I remember hearing that uh, way back in the day. Dave Barnes had a song called "God Gave Me You," and it was on Christian radio. And he said he sings, "Oh, God gave me you for the ups and downs, like pop." And then and then I guess Blake Shelton or something. He heard it on the radio, it on the radio yeah. and he was like. I want that song. It's like, wow, Dave Barnes not only has released it, it's a big song in the Christian world, but the world is so different. He was like, no one's, no one's going to know that. And if they do, that's okay. I'm just going to do my version of it. And he put it out and it was another big smash hit. And so it's like, you know, he made it added, added his twang, but like, I don't know, a good song is a good song. And there are crazy amounts of stories where good songs find their way to different artists over the years. So I mean, even the one we were looking at today from Rivers Weezer, like, yeah, he put that out and then the AJR guys probably heard it. and They were like, hey, we want to hop on that. <clears throat> yeah. Do a version. So, yeah. Great, great question. Um, Joseph. Joseph's got his hand raised. How you doing there, my friend? Maybe unmute yourself. Hey, hey, I was actually just typing. Sorry, I'm driving. Um, oh, be safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hands, hands. Well, I actually I pulled up and I was typing because I didn't want. To. Hey, um, I've heard, you know, professional music compared to professional sports. I've probably parroted this advice with, you know, even if you make it, kind of having a life after or planning for that. Is there any truth to that? How? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. Is that a myth? About I mean, I, planning for a life after music? Yeah, you know, like, I did think of Sam's story. I mean, I, uh, I'm i sure that some people, and I've experienced where you see your publisher, <laughs> park, you know, working as the valet, you know, kind of later in their life and, and journey. I mean, I think it happens, uh, you know, where like an athlete, you know, there's a time where some people's careers change do do people plan for life after after they made it or do you just keep going I, i'm probably still just as delusional as ever <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I mean, honestly, like i mean I, uh like I, I know i know there are cycles to everything like i know that and especially the i interview people you know like 
we hear about their cycles all the time and um it will be very hard to pull my teeth out of trying to still dig into a song every day i mean it and um yeah i don't i don't know how that's gonna look man uh, it's it's a good question it haunts me at times it haunts me day and night but um it's guys just like it's an addiction as much as it is anything. So I, <laughs> uh, Sam, you and you and Seth are probably better at this than I am. I mean, I, I think for me, it's, I think for me, it's just watching. I've had some people that don't even know that they're mentoring me, mentor me. And I've watched their careers and see how they consistently evolve. They go from Christian music to doing country music, to doing pop music, to doing TV and film, to doing. And I think that like what ends up happening is they realize like, okay, maybe I'm a little bit too old to continue to do writing for pop music. So then they move over to country music and they're like, okay, I'm kind of done with this and I'm not really feeling as you know inspired by this. So then they move over to TV and film. Okay, I'm feeling inspired by this. Maybe I'm better at this. I think that my favorite producers, my favorite writers are ones that continue to evolve. And then maybe, you know, maybe that evolution ends at some point, you know, you can't, I mean, in my head, I know that I can't be an artist forever. You know, there's going to be an age limit. There's going to be a wall that I hit where it's just like, whoa, life cannot continue at this pace. It is a very crazy pace. I mean, 24 seven thinking about how to make your career happen. And that is really the only way you can make an artist's career happen is 24 seven thought about what you're doing. And it drives your family crazy. It drives you crazy. You're on the edge of insanity. That's not an entire life that you can live. Like that's not a life to live. So I think there are seasons. There's a season where you're an artist. There's a season where you might be a writer. There's a season where you might be a producer. And then there's a season where you might just be done, you know, and that's okay. Because if you can get to a point where your your identity and your um, worth is not wrapped up in what you're doing, if you can finally get to that place, I think that you can eventually just bow out or I don't know. I mean, you know, there's parts of me, too, that like, OK, there's music, music, and then there's music business. And it's like maybe when I'm old and I've accomplished all these things, people will listen to me and I can transition into music business positions like a head of a label or a head of a publishing company. And I'll have the success next to me so I can point at the gold record and say, Hey, listen to me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, everybody has their dreams and you just got to plan for, for the different seasons and be realistic with yourself. Yeah. And my, my quick two cents on that too, is you use the sports analogy. I don't know that anybody gets out like quits a sports career because they're done with sports i think it's i think it's more because their bodies like give out and they just can't get tackled again like no football player who is truly passionate about the game stops playing because they want to yeah it's more that they they transition into broadcasting or something like that so sports is a little different from music in that sense we're not getting tackled every day we are no, emotional. You're not. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. You're, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. We're not. We're not facing those same things. So music, just by the nature of it, is a passion thing. For anybody to have any degree of success in it, it has to be a passion thing. So I just don't think that for me is ever going to go away. Yeah. Like I love music as much now as I did when I was 16, getting into it. Probably more now, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, the business side drives us all crazy yes, at times, but like, we love the music, like going to see a show. It's just, you know, and that's what it, that's what it takes. So I don't worry too much about past, past this career, other than be smart. Like, 
you got to make smart decisions. Like treat the one, one of my early mentors uh, said, treat every dollar you make in the music business. Like it's your last. Yeah. <laughs> and so just like, I've never owned, you know, I don't own too much house. I don't own too much car beyond what I can afford. Like it's just live within your means raising that level of humility, right? Like you might be on the team with LeBron James and LeBron James is making 20 times the amount of money as you, you don't need the same car he drives. And so that's where it's like just having that level of humility and just, yeah. So that's my, my yeah. little. And you know, Michael Jordan was a, a nowhere near the basketball player at 40 that he was at 25. Mm -hmm. But I like to think I'm a much better songwriter in my 40s than I was at 25. 100%. Yeah, well, I actually think that not only are our knees not giving out, but I like to think that we're all getting better with yeah. every song, with every year, with every experience. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I feel that. Um, Such good advice. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, Joseph. And be safe driving. <laughs> <laughs> um, look at our last question from Shamina. How you doing, Shamina? Hey guys, thanks for letting me ask one more question real quick. Um, yeah, of course. So you talked a lot about, um, a couple of times you mentioned like getting somebody, finding somebody that will be your champion. And so for Sam and for Paul, like as you guys have talked about the long in-between seasons and working independently where you're putting in a lot of work, what was it like for you guys finding the people that believed in you and champion your music into the next phase? I, it was... Um... It was really, it was crucial. I mean, I think for me, when it came to uh, having, uh, today's my wedding anniversary, actually, it's funny that we're talking about this. Ah, oh, happy anniversary. Yeah. Um, and so I've been thinking, I've been like really kind of introspective about my marriage and, and the story that led up to it. And that was kind of an important piece to it for me was, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. And you know, are, are you on board with this? When we were dating, I remember we had a conversation. We parked on the side of the road and we were talking and I said, hey, I'm not going to grow out of this. Um, and if that's what you're hoping is going to happen, it's, it's not, you know. Um, and so it was, for me, it was kind of a, uh, it was just an important factor in building, particularly the most important relationship in my life. And not just not just from an egotistical standpoint, but I wanted to be honest with her as well to say, yeah. look, if you think that you're about to get into something and that one day I'm going to become more normal or more <laughs> responsible, <laughs> or whatever, you know, that, that this, but this is who I am. And I think it's an important piece of your identity and communicating that to the people around you, I think is it's healthy for everyone to say, hey, this is something I'm passionate about. It's going to drive me. I I'm going to burn for it. And um, I, I would just say being as open and communicative mm -hmm. about that as possible. Um, and it it's it's not it's not a thing that pushes people away. It's an invitation, honestly, to invite people into your journey and to invite them into being to commenting on the songs that you that you write and and being a part of it. I, I think it it enriches your relationship because you're you're inviting people into a really deep and beautiful part of yourself. So that's what I said. That's good. Anything you want to add to that to close this out, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, the thing I feel like the, the longer I stay in the, the music business stuff is that there's not just one champion in your story. There's going to be many champions. And it's kind of like a race where you're like, 
you're coming around the mile one and there's going to be somebody going, keep going, keep going. And like, that's your champion for that mile one. And you get to mile five and there's going to be somebody else who's going to be like, dude, you're doing it. You're killing it. Keep going. And I feel like you can't just, you can't be like, oh man, but what about the, the champion I had in mile one? Why aren't they here with me in mile five? It's okay. It's okay for champions to change as you move along and just cherish that champion as they emerge in the different seasons. I think that's one thing I'm even learning right now. And it's really hard because you're like, man, I started with that person. Like, I can't, I can't leave that person. And it's like, it's okay. You know, like I, I think um, I just think uh, there's not just, I guess I'm saying there's not just one champion. There's many champions, hopefully for you in your life. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy ride, but those champions are what keep you going when no one else believes in you. So they're good to have, find one, find your champion. Yeah. Find your <laughs> champion. It's a great, great way to end it today. And uh, I do want to uh, also note Tammy's comment. I just wish I had admitted and declared that this is who I am piece earlier in life. Just want to say, Tammy, you can do that today. Yeah. Um, do it now. You have the chance now. You have a great community, even here in this Zoom room. Um, we're we're championing you. We're supporting you. We're supporting each other. That's you know why we do what we do. So um, why don't everybody give uh, Paul and Sam a huge virtual Zoom hand clap out there for being <laughs> with us today? I see all the clapping hands. I see it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate you making time and happy anniversary. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yes, man. I love it. Thanks for being on with us, Sam. Of course. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll talk to y'all on the next Song Chasers event and uh, have a amazing weekend. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Made It in Music podcast. In addition to this episode, we also recorded a Q&A session where some of the songwriters in our Song Chasers community were able to ask their own questions. We'll release that episode shortly after this one. Make sure to check out other episodes of the Made It in Music podcast. We have well over 100 interviews with some of the top music industry pros, many here in Nashville and many from all over the world. Subscribe to make sure that you automatically get future episodes and leave us a review if you loved it. It would really help us out or send an email to support at fullcirclemusic.com if you have ideas for how we can improve the show. If you would like to become a Song Chasers member and attend these training sessions live, head over to joinsongchasers.com to learn more. You also get additional exclusive trainings from Seth Mosley. You get our Track Suite Pro software. You get song reviews from me and my team. And you get access to a custom social media network we created exclusively for songwriters and musicians. There's nothing else like it on the internet. Go to joinsongchasers.com to learn how to join and check out madeitmusic.com for more content and episodes from this podcast. See you in the next episode.